Welcome. Many women wonder, is it okay to take any kind of drug while pregnant? Today we'll talk about substance use during pregnancy with two experts. My guests today are Dr. Spencer Cooper, a maternal fetal medicine specialist at Tri-State Perinatology at the Women's Hospital, and Dr. Ron Pyle, Director of Neonatal Transport and Outreach at the Women's Hospital, Assistant Professor of Pediatrics, IU School of Medicine, and Chair of Pediatrics. Great to have you both. Dr. Cooper, I'll start with you. How is substance use in pregnancy treated? The very first thing we want to do is to approach these women with an unbiased approach. And the importance is getting them into care at a very early time in the first trimester and explain to them the optimal prenatal care for them. And then also to make sure they're established into a medication-assisted treatment program. Which is my next question. What is medicated-assisted treatment? Medication-assisted treatment is when we either use something called buprenorphine or the trade name or the brand name for that is Subutex or Suboxone or Methadone. And the reason that we do that is several different reasons. It's the safest thing for the pregnancy, but it also decreases the risk of adverse behaviors by the patient by using potentially IV drugs or by using other drugs. So it decreases the risk of overdose for the patients, but it also decreases the risk of infectious diseases such as HIV or hepatitis C or B. Got it. Dr. Pyle, to you, how does the multidisciplinary clinic treat patients? The name speaks for itself, and it's a great approach, and it involves MFM, neonatology, our education director, lactation, social work, and we like to sit down with families prior to even admission and moms who are in these MATs or otherwise. And again, it's, I think, said very well, it's unbiased. And the goal is, is to have this multidisciplinary type approach talking about how we're going to score the modes of how we retreat, how we encourage breastfeeding and when we can and cannot breastfeed. And again, this is not punitive or anything. This is really just to support them and how we can. Got it. We'll return to you, Dr. Pyle, to talk about NAS. But Dr. Cooper, how would you recommend treating someone who's taking non-prescribed pain medications prior to pregnancy? If they're using opioids, my absolute recommendation to them is that they either start Suboxone or Subutex or Methadone. They continue those throughout the entirety of the pregnancy, including while they're here for their delivery and then also after pregnancy. People get alarmed when they hear Methadone. Why should they not be so alarmed? It is the drug that has been proven to be the safest for them. It does cross the placenta. Dr. Powell will talk shortly about neonatal abstinence syndrome. That is certainly a risk. But long-term, we feel like it and Subutex are both the safest options. And it also decreases the risk of disease transmission such as HIV or hepatitis C because it encourages compliance with the patient to take a prescribed medication. Now, in case you feel like you didn't fully answer it, do you recommend taking Subutex or Methadone during pregnancy? I do. If a patient has a history of opioid use and if they're currently using opioids such as Percocets or Norco pills or injecting heroin, I absolutely do recommend that those patients start Methadone or Subutex during the pregnancy. And my follow-up, should a patient discontinue Subutex or Methadone when being induced? No, we actually want the patients to continue that, and it's twofold. We want their pain to be controlled, but we also want to continue that medication so that they don't have any lapse in the treatment. Got it. And how is a patient's pain managed during labor? The most important thing is to continue that medication, but also so the patient gets an early epidural is a great way to manage the patient's pain, to decrease additional opioids that may be needed, but also to control their pain. And how is a patient's pain managed after having a C-section? 
So we recognize that these patients may need more pain medication because they're likely tolerant to opioids because of the methadone or the subutex. So for a short period after their C-section, we definitely treat them with additional narcotics such as Norco's or Percocets or Oxycodone. And then they're generally sent home with a short supply of this medication if they're continuing to need that in the hospital. But we really try to use other modalities too to decrease the use of opioids such as the Percocets or the Oxycodones. And the reason is because we know that Previously, the patients had difficulty with those medications and misusing those medications. So it's a team effort to work together to try to work with other modalities such as ibuprofen, ice packs, heat packs, to decrease that amount of opioids that they may need to be sent home with. But they're also sent home with their subutex or their methadone as well. Sure. And when you say a short supply, what are we talking? We're talking two to three days worth. Oh, very short. Okay. Dr. Pyle, speaking of team, let's get back to you. What is neonatal abstinence syndrome? It's actually a term that's used to incorporate a lot of different meds, and I think came out there and people thought it was more about narcotics and obviously our opiates, but it's really about the absence or the syndrome that's related to a mom who's taking meds, and the meds are, it's a long list, but any child who shows symptoms of related to a maternal med and how we would approach that child and discuss with mom our approach and treatment plan. And how is NAS treated? It varies, but the goal is I would prefer to do non-pharmacological. And so the goal is that it's about uh, eat, sleep, and console, minimize stimuli, get the parents involved. It's amazing what mom and dad's touch and voice can do for a baby. It's about not waking kids when they're sleeping, but it's really just allowing them to eat and giving them the nutrition they need, but also giving the support not only to the family, but to the parents. But obviously, some kids where non-pharmacological doesn't work, they're just not enough. And then we'll lean on our approach here is morphine. And so we have a morphine type of protocol and a guideline that we follow to try to capture the baby. Because you can imagine with any med, especially if you're talking about moms who are on, who I agree with Dr. Cooper about Subutex and methadone, is that those are meds that can still be in the breast milk. And so these are people that we would still allow breastfeed. But the goal is just to capture them and try to wean them slowly off so they don't need those meds and don't have those symptoms, which can persist up to six months or so. Sure. And now let's head into the NICU. What is the treatment approach in the NICU? Well, it goes back to kind of what I just said earlier. It's really about eat, sleep, and console. It's all non-pharmacological. It's really, again, supportive, getting the parents involved and teach them a lot of stuff, including massage, infant massage. And then, obviously, if our non-pharmacological doesn't work, we would then lean on our medications, which, again, our mainstay is morphine. There are places that use methadone, but we prefer morphine. And we know those kids accordingly based on their scores. And there's a scoring system called Finnegan. And it looks at fussiness, sleeping patterns, uh, loose stools, jitteriness. It's like a neurochemical process as well as they get GI symptoms, respiratory symptoms. And so we look at all those, we score them, and then make an approach to how we'll treat. Now, who can breastfeed and who can't? I think with the MAT programs, it's awesome. So with Subutex, Suboxone, Methadone, those moms are in treatment programs. I really encourage breast milk. Breast milk is best for these babies. Plus, it incorporates mom into the treatment. I mean, she's doing her part to help her baby, and it really supports her and lets her know that we're behind her. But, you know, treatment programs, I would encourage breastfeeding. Marijuana is out there, and there's still some up in the air, but I think the benefit of breast milk still outweighs the risk. Of course, we would encourage moms to kind of abstain if they can from, from using it. Understood. Will a patient be judged? 
No, that's the key. I think you hear the word, you know, social work and people think, oh, you're going to call somebody or protective services or something. And that's not our goal. Our, our goal is that is to break the cycle. And what I mean by that is that what Dr. Cooper does with MFM and the OBs is that they get these moms into treatment programs and they help them so that when I see the baby, I can do that, teach her the skills. And hopefully, as we work her out of the program, she will hopefully eventually abstain from meds altogether. And then I won't see the next child at all. So that's the whole goal is that they just need to know that we're there for them. We're there to support them and help them any way we can. And it's not for me to judge. It's for me to help them to heal. That is so refreshing to hear. And I just, I got to say to both of you, your patients are in very, very good hands. Dr. Pyle and Dr. Cooper, thank you so, so much. It's excellent information, could even save lives. I thank you for being with us today to talk about substance use in pregnancy. And we learned so much. Thank you. Thanks for having us. For more information, please visit deaconess.com slash TWH. That's deaconess.com slash TWH. This is the Women's Hospital, a place for all your life. I'm Deborah Howell. Thanks for listening and have yourself a great day.